Bernard Grempel spent many years as a competitive athlete. He loved sports so much, in fact, that he became a youth swimming coach and was said to have made an impact on many children's lives. Bernard's family has always been exceptionally close. Bernard, or Bernie as he was often called, never went any length of time without speaking to them, especially his parents and sister. On May 14th, 2021, Bernie hit up a local 7-Eleven store for some snacks. It was around 8.45 p.m. Later that evening, he boarded a train at the SkyTrain station in Vancouver. He then boarded the 340 bus heading towards North Delta. By now, it was just after 11 p.m. This was the route he would normally take to visit his parents' house. But Bernie would never arrive at their home, however, and no one was quite sure where else he might have been going. In fact, Bernie would not be seen or heard from again. Where is Bernard Grempel? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. If you are new here, welcome. Our goal of this show is to spread awareness of unsolved missing person cases. So please feel free to share this story on Bernard Grempel in any way that you can. This is often a huge help in solving missing person cases. Bernard is also the first case we are covering on our main podcast here that takes place in Canada, Vancouver, Canada, to be exact. We've done some Canadian missing person cases on our Instagram stories and our Patreon, but this is really the first here on our main podcast. 
This episode is sponsored by Hydronique Hydration. We'll hear more on them in a bit. And we've had a big case update as of last week regarding the missing person case of Kyle Rugg. So stay tuned to the end of the show if you are interested in hearing more about the new developments in Kyle's case. This case of Bernard Grempel is important to share because I think it's very possible that Bernard is out there somewhere, either needing help or possibly even in trouble or danger. We have a little bit of CCTV in this case, which also leads to the mysteriousness of what may have happened to Bernard or where he may have gone. Let's start with taking a look at who Bernie Grempel is. Bernie was born in 1992 to parents that immigrated to Canada. His family was exceptionally close as he was growing up, and they continued to be as Bernie became an adult. When he was 13 years old, Bernie traveled to Israel to attend his sister's wedding. Bernie absolutely loved this trip to Israel and went back when he was a little older on his birthright trip. The birthright trip is a trip that young Jewish people take traveling to Israel and exploring their heritage. I think this is an amazing opportunity that many have, and Bernie in particular really enjoyed this trip. In fact, the family was planning on making another trip to Israel in June of 2021, which of course Bernie was really excited for and looking forward to. Bernie grew up an exceptional athlete as well. He was a competitive athlete, excelling in swimming and soccer. He was talented, and it was a passion of his, so much so that Bernie began coaching youth swimming as he became an adult. Many of the children he coached have come forward to say what an impact Bernie had on them. And I think sometimes we forget the impact that coaches can have on children as much as teachers do. Bernie graduated high school and attended college, majoring in accounting. Bernie would become an accountant and move out into his own apartment. Bernie's job was stressful, and he did suffer from some anxiety and depression, which he was taking medication for. Overall, Bernie was a likable and easygoing guy whose friends all spoke really highly of him. In 2020, Bernie left his accounting job, saying that it was just too stressful and he wasn't happy there. He would take a job at Amazon working the night shift for a while, but eventually would leave there too, not really enjoying working third shift. Now, let's take a look at the timeline of events on May 14th, 2021. Sometime during the day, Bernie did speak to his parents on the phone. He also texted back and forth with his sister. Everything seemed normal, meaning nothing seemed unusual or out of the ordinary about any of their conversations at all. At 8.45 p.m., Bernie visited the 7-Eleven store, the one that was located at 100th Avenue and 152nd Street in Surrey. Surrey, I believe, is just south of Vancouver. He was seen on CCTV, and I believe he used his debit card at the time to buy some snacks. It looked like he was alone. 
From there, it's believed that he boarded the 340 bus to North Delta around 11 p.m. as his bus card was scanned to get on the bus. And the family does believe that this was Bernie because this was the normal route he would take to go to his parents' house. Both he and his mother are self-proclaimed night owls, so it wasn't that unusual that he would be heading over there at 11 p.m. on a Friday night if that's where he was going. Unfortunately, riders don't need to swipe their card to exit the bus. So where Bernie might have got off the bus is really unknown. If he did get off at the stop he would normally take to go to his parents, it's a very busy intersection there. There are a bunch of stores, big box stores, lots of restaurants, and a lot of traffic at all hours, day or night. So if he did get off there, Someone likely would have seen him, or if something would have happened there, an accident or a crime, it would have been seen or noticed by someone. The next day, the family tries to reach Bernie unsuccessfully. They are immediately alarmed because they always stay in touch with him, and he always texts and calls them. He is officially reported missing on May 16th. It seemed the RCMP, or the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, started to look into the case, but not too seriously. They waited to request CCTV footage from the bus that he swiped his card on, and by the time they did, it was too late. The recording had actually already been deleted and recorded over. And now, of course, Bernie is a 28-year-old young man. It's a tough line to walk. Sure, he could have gone off on his own. He is an adult. But when his family and friends are speaking up and saying, absolutely, no way would Bernie have done that, you have to listen. He's also never done anything like this before. And we have the added concern that he takes daily medication. We do know that Bernie did have his wallet and cell phone on him. But his cell phone... Activity stopped on May 14th at 5.44 p.m. That was the last time they were able to ping his location. And I have questions on that, which we will revisit when we talk about possibilities. But it is interesting that his phone was turned off or battery died at 5.44 p.m. We do see him around 8.45 p.m. purchasing some items at the 7-Eleven. But still his cell phone had been off. Now, Bernie's sister leads the charge to find her brother, as her parents only speak English as a second language. But they are all heartbroken and distraught over Bernie's disappearance. They are successful at getting Bernie's case on local news, at least briefly. But still, police don't seem to be taking the case as seriously as the family would like. Supposedly, some are saying that police don't want to investigate because there is just nowhere to look. They don't necessarily know where Bernie might have gotten off the bus at. But in reality, I suppose, we don't even know if it was Bernie that got on the bus if we don't have CCTV footage showing him. We know that his card was scanned, but certainly anybody could have gotten a hold of his card But again, the family does believe it was most likely him since it was following the exact route that he would have taken to go to their parents' house. 
So his family decides to start riding the bus every day at the same time of night that Bernie did and talk to everyone on the bus that they could. And they did find several people who could confirm that they saw Bernie that night, but no one saw or noticed anything unusual. I think it's important to mention that in 2020, there were 1.4 million riders on this bus route for the year. So it's a busy route. The family also took on a lot of the investigating on their own. They looked for businesses along the route that might have had CCTV footage, but found nothing. The bus also crosses over two rivers, which have also been searched. By looking at the map, which, by the way, is a bit confusing for me to follow along to determine the bus route exactly, but the 340 bus route does cross over the Queensboro Bridge and the Alex Fraser Bridge over the Fraser River. It looks like there might be a third bridge, maybe one without a name, at least according to Google Maps. But the bus route and the family has said specifically goes over two bridges, and that's where they've searched. And the Fraser River is a pretty substantial river by the looks of it. So I'd be curious to know what search methods were used in that river. It was also noted that there are two heavily wooded areas along that route. They weren't named specifically. And of course, information coming from locals knows the area a lot better than me studying Google Maps. But there is one area that jumps out at me, the Burns Bog Delta Nature Reserve. That area covers over 5,000 acres, is right in the area where Bernie would have been. And being a bog, it's full of wetlands. There are walkways and hiking paths that can be accessed, but it is a heavily wooded area. Family and friends not only rode the bus route multiple times, but they also visited all the neighborhoods and the towns surrounding that bus route. They put up flyers anywhere and everywhere they could. They've even worked with a private investigator just to try to help generate leads. They started a website, a petition, a GoFundMe, and their own YouTube channel, all to help locate Bernie or all to spread the word about Bernie's case. Eventually, a bunch of sightings started to come in from people that saw or thought they saw Bernie in Vancouver. This seemed really hopeful to the family because multiple people were saying that they saw him. Sadly, it turned out to be someone who just really had an uncanny resemblance to Bernie. Now, before we jump into the possibilities here in this case, let's have a word from this episode's sponsor, Hydronique Hydration. In the midst of the pandemic, the founder of Hydronique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches. And a huge shout out to our frontline healthcare workers who continue to push through during that time. A research study published early during the pandemic showed that up to 81% of frontline healthcare workers developed new headaches, mainly because of their PPE, their personal protective equipment like face masks and face shields that they had to wear, which prevented them from eating and drinking properly while on the job. 
The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals that would help them get through the day, something to help boost his hydration and energy and stop those headaches. But most powdered drinks on the market have a ton of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronique Hydration, sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich, electrolyte powder packets for daily use containing all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. Their product also contains elderberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Packets can also fit in your bag or suitcase when traveling. Remember traveling? Oh, those were the days. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hydronique Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powder packets in a pouch, which is perfect for a one-month supply. You can visit the website www.hydroniquehydration.com. It's the word hydration and unique mashed together, www.hydroniquehydration.com. Or search for Hydronique Hydration on Amazon.com, where they are offering a $10 discount coupon at checkout for the next week. Link will be in our show notes, and we will share on social media for you as well. That's www.hydroniquehydration.com. Thank you to Hydronique Hydration for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so here we have a 28-year-old man who hops on a bus, a bus that he has taken plenty of times before to go see his parents, and then he just vanishes into thin air. I think we will have to work on the presumption that it was indeed Bernie that used his bus pass that day and swiped it to get on the 340 bus, at least going by what the family has said and what they believe. So possibility number one, Bernie met someone on the bus. Bernie might have had all intentions to head over to his parents' house for the night, but maybe he ran into someone on the bus who convinced him to go somewhere else with him. Maybe it was even someone that he already knew. Now, no one on the bus said they saw anything unusual, but remember this bus line sees 1.4 million riders every year, and most people on the bus are most likely looking at their phones, maybe reading, maybe even talking to someone else. And they're not really keeping a close eye on what everyone around them is doing. So just because no one saw anything doesn't mean Bernie didn't get off the bus with someone. And this possibility could have led Bernie to trouble or maybe led him to another area that he wasn't familiar with. Although it's also been said that Bernie grew up in that area and knew it well and knew a lot of people and a lot of people knew Bernie. This could even mean that Bernie found trouble by someone that he met or possibly had an accident after leaving his known route. Possibility number two. Something happened to Bernie after he got off the bus. Maybe he met up with someone once he stepped off those bus stairs. Some online web sleuths wonder if he might have witnessed another crime while walking to his parents' house that night, which put him in danger. Some have said that there is a high gang activity in Vancouver 
And even though he was on the outskirts of Vancouver, some speculate that it's still a possibility. There were no violent crimes reported that day or night in that area, but it could have been something that wasn't reported. And Bernie might have met with foul play, or Bernie might have had an accident. The entire area has been pretty thoroughly searched, especially from friends and family, and no sign of Bernie was ever found. Possibility number three, mental health breakdown. This doesn't necessarily mean Bernie was considering doing anything, although that could be a possibility. But what makes me wonder is the status of his phone for a young man who reportedly kept in touch with family and friends regularly. It seemed unusual that his phone battery would have died so early in the evening without him charging it. I mean, it's possible we've all had our phones die, but his phone last pinged just after 5.30 p.m. and then the battery died shortly after but he's seen on camera buying snacks at a 7-Eleven three hours later, and then two and a half hours after that, his bus card is swiped. Yet still during this whole time, his phone is never turned back on. And maybe he just wasn't great at charging his phone. Maybe he had a history of doing this. Or maybe he didn't charge it on purpose. Maybe he didn't want to be found. Although this kind of goes against what everyone says about Bernie, such a family guy. Which leads me to wonder if he had some kind of mental break. Remember the case of Amber Gerwick, a young woman who went into the store and had a sudden and complete loss of memory, leaving the store and driving five states away and remained a missing person for over a month. Could something like that have happened to Bernie? But Bernie didn't have a car and he did rely on public transportation, it seemed. And everyone in the area has been looking for him that knows him. So I think it's pretty safe to say if this is the case, he likely might have completely left the area. Possibility number four. Bernie planned his departure. Again, with his cell phone being off, this might have been part of Bernie's plan all along. But to this day, it's never been turned back on and his bank accounts were never accessed after his purchase on May 14th, the day he disappeared. So if he did plan to get away, how did he do it? His family and friends insist that everything seemed normal with him, leading up to his disappearance. And although he did suffer from depression, he kept in very close contact with all of his family members. He also had a trip coming up just weeks after he vanished, a trip to Israel, which he was very much looking forward to. Now, we never know what people are really thinking and what could be going on with someone internally. So even though this possibility doesn't seem as likely I don't want to completely rule anything out either. And since Bernie does take medication, his family is very worried about him. Bernie Grempel is described as a Caucasian male standing around six feet tall, 
and weighing around 150 to 160 pounds. He has curly brown hair and brown eyes. On the day he was last seen on the CCTV footage, May 14th, 2021, Bernie was wearing a white hoodie, red sweatpants, and black and white Nike sneakers. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Bernie Grempel, you can contact the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police at 604-599-0502, or you can reach out to the family. You can find more information on who and how to contact them, as well as any updates on his case, all available on the website at findbernard.com. On that website, you can also find ways to donate to the search, sign the petition that they are working on, and you'll find a link to their active Facebook group as well. This family is doing everything they can to spread awareness and find Bernie. Bernie is a loved brother, uncle, son, friend, coach, and athlete. So many people miss him and want him home. As I promised earlier, We do have another sad case update to talk about. The remains of Kyle Rugg were found in the Lake Livingston, Texas area in November of 2021. And just recently positively ID'd through new DNA testing. In fact, the announcement of the positive ID was made on March 4th which was the seven-year anniversary of Kyle's disappearance. I did post an update over on YouTube. Please give us a follow over there. Proceeds this month will go to Texas EquiSearch in honor of Kyle Rugg. Kyle Rugg went fishing with friends on March 4th, 2015. He had supposedly attended a party in the area the night before and stayed overnight to go fishing the next morning which would be the morning of March 4th. But the accounts of what happened when he did arrive at the lake that morning are unusual, and the information we do know is only from the friend that Kyle was meeting with that day. He claimed that Kyle showed up with two other guys that this friend didn't know, but that Kyle and these new friends decided they didn't want to fish after all. So Kyle and these two guys ended up leaving. This friend of Kyle's thought they were going back to Katy, Texas, where their apartment was, but Kyle Rugg would never be seen or heard from again. Texas EquiSearch was very involved in the search for Kyle, especially in the beginning. And as I mentioned, we will donate funds from Kyle's video and our merch store to Texas EquiSearch this month. But if you are interested in donating directly to them, I will share their website for you in our show notes. They do incredible work and help a lot of families in their search for missing people. And not just in the Texas area, they've worked cases all over the country. In January of 2020, Polk County law enforcement officers were conducting a search in the area looking for stolen property when they happened upon human remains. On March 4th, 2022, it was announced those remains were identified as belonging to Kyle Rugg. They have also indicated that his death is ruled a homicide. 
The search for Kyle is over, but the hunt for his killers is just beginning. So we may have some answers now, but this is not yet a solved case. Of course, our hearts and prayers go out to Kyle's family. Please keep them in your thoughts. These are never the updates that we want in any of the cases that we cover. Any additional updates that come through, or if you are looking for more information, be sure to follow us on social media. We will share any relevant and confirmed information as we get it. Thank you so much for listening to Bernard Grempel's story today. Bernie, who would now be 29 years old, needs to be brought home to his family. Please share his story any way you can. I also want to thank Hydronique Hydration for sponsoring today's episode. I will have their link pinned at the top of our Facebook page and of course in the show notes for you to give them a try. If you have any case suggestions for us, please send me a DM anytime or email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will be back again next week with another unsolved missing person case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.